Heads up, because you are in the hoodwood. I'm the Black Bandit, KJ Green, welcoming you to this, I guess, quick abridged edition of Sports for the Hoodwood for November 17th, 2022. Coming up in this light edition, we have NFL Week 11 picks, Hoodwood Hot 5, Fat Dap and Head Slap, quick brief word about the situation of Kyrie Irving. Would he want to go to another team, or could he go to another team? Sports from the Hoodwood, we're gonna move it pretty fast, so buckle up, crash helmet on, take the rules still apply, and let's go. You're tuned in to Sports from the Hoodwood. The internet's foremost location for the most honest, unfiltered commentary and insight on the world of sports. Now, once again, here's Hoodwood's hometown hero, KJ Green. Greetings from the Hoodwood, where Snuffy thinks Hoodwood Light is a diet drink. It's not. It's actually a short version of the sports from the Hoodwood. I'm your man, KJ Green. Welcome you back to another edition. Gonna move things kind of quick. Because due to time constraints and other business ventures that I'm on, we got to make the uh, show a little bit more condensed. So we will start out with the Week 11 picks. Last week, eh, I went 7-7. Seven and seven. But there were games that I lost that I wasn't really sad about. Minnesota being Buffalo was not going to make me upset that I lost that game. But there are other teams that just seemed to let me down. The Bears let me down. The Raiders, I don't know why I think they're a legitimate team these days. Philly, really? I really didn't think they were going to lose that game. And, of course, when I bet on the Cowboys, they usually bite me in the ass. So, with the endearment to do better, here are your Week 11 picks with odds again being provided by ESPN for entertainment and comparison purposes only. I say that because I don't pay bookies. If I have to tell you why, this late in the season, you might as well just go ahead and get took and don't call me. Let's start out with the Thursday game, shall we? Six and three Titans at four and six Packers. Game being played at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. 8-15 kickoff on Amazon Prime. The Packers are three-point favorites. Last week, the Titans defeated the Broncos 17-10, while the Packers defeated the Cowboys 31-28 in overtime. The Titans are missing a number of players heading into Green Bay. You would figure that would make them massive underdogs. But who are we kidding? The Packers played way over their heads and beating the Pokes, and I don't think they can do a repeat game on such a short turnaround, even at home. Tennessee is the upset of the week. Look at the games for Sunday, November 20th. This is a CBS doubleheader weekend. Check your local listings for the time in the in games in your area. Also consult 506sports.com for an excellent coverage map. First game on the docket, 3-7 Bears at 4-6 Falcons at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. The Falcons are three-point favorites. Last week, the Bears lost to the Lions 31-30, while the Falcons lost to the Panthers 25-15. Bottom line, the Bears scored 30 points and lost last week to the Lions. That makes no sense. Also, the Falcons' offense while wildly inconsistent, I still think I have enough chops to be able to beat up on the Bears. Though the Bears have a fairly decent defense, they can go to sleep at times. The pick here is Atlanta. 
Next on the docket, we have the three and six Browns at the six and three Bills. Game being played at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. 1 p.m. kickoff on CBS. The Bills are eight-point favorites. Last week, the Browns lost to the Dolphins 39-17, while the Bills lost to the Vikings 33-30 in overtime. The Browns are giving up points like a sieve. And against the high-powered Bills offense, who scored 30 points against a decent Vikings defense, what do you think they're going to do? Do you honestly think the Browns have a chance in Western New York? If you do have a bridge to sell you, the pick here is Buffalo. Next on the docket, we have the 8-1 Eagles taking on the 4-5-1 Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. The Eagles are 6.5-point favorites. Last week, the Eagles lost to the Commanders 32-21, while the Colts defeated the Raiders 25-20. Now, was it the brilliance of Jeff Saturday or the incompetence of the Raiders that got the Colts their win last week. Actually, I think it was a return of Matt Ryan to the starting lineup. Now, the Colts aren't necessarily a bad team. They just are very inconsistent. And being inconsistent is not the right formula when you are facing an angry Eagles team sore off of a loss to Washington in which they had more turnovers in one game than they did in the first eight. The pick here is Philadelphia. Next on the docket, we have the 6-3 and three Jets at the 5-4 and four Colts. Game being played at Jet Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Mass. 1 p.m. kickoff on CBS. The Patriots are three-point favorites. Last week, both teams were on their respective buys, which is a good thing because the Jets have wild dreams of going into New England and breaking their 13-game losing streak to the Pats. Who are we kidding? We're talking about the Jets. They're decent, but they're not ready for prime time. Not just yet. The pick here is New England. Next on the docket, we have the 3 and 6 Rams at the 3 and 7 Saints. Game being played at Caesar Superdome in New Orleans. 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. The Saints are four point favorites. Last week, the Rams lost to the Cardinals 27 to 17, while the Saints lost to the Steelers 20 to 10. The both teams harbored playoff aspirations at the beginning of the season. Now both teams are just trying to get back to 500, and it's a long way just to the break even point. The Rams. Don't play well on the road. The Saints are pretty tough at home. They've had some pretty bad breaks, but I still think the Saints can pull this one out. The pick here is New Orleans. Next on the docket, we have the 3-6 Lions at the 7-2 Giants. Game being played at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. The Giants are three-point favorites. Last week, the Lions defeated the Bears 31-30, while the Giants defeated the Texans 27, I beg your pardon, 24-16. Now, the Lions are about as maddening as a team can be. Scoring points like crazy in one week, going dry as dust the next. The Giants have been smooth, even, in doling out seven seven wins in nine games. Their only losses being to the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Do you really think the Lions are in that kind of class? I didn't think so. The pick here is the New York Giants. Next on the docket, 3-7 and seven Panthers taking on the 6-3 Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. The Ravens are 12-point favorites. Last week, the Panthers defeated the Falcons 25-15 while the Ravens were on their bye week. Neither team played last Sunday. Well, the Panthers actually were early in the week and the Ravens were off. But do you really think that's going to compensate for the disparity of talent on both t- both sides. 
Yeah, 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 I know. Baker Mayfield has played against the Ravens before, and he's had bad luck against them. Do you really think that's going to change with the uniform uh, change? I don't think so. The pick is Baltimore. Next on the docket, we have the 5-5 five and five Commanders taking on the 1-7-1 Texans at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, 1 p.m. kickoff on CBS. I had it listed as Fox, but I thought it was CBS. But nevertheless, I have it listed as Fox. Commanders three-point favorites. Last week, Commanders defeated the Eagles 32-21, while the Texans lost to the Giants 24-16. The Commanders knocked off the Eagles, got their, gave them their first loss of the season. So they're going to build on that momentum by facing the Warburg-Gun Texans, who have absolutely no clue. They have decent running in Damian Pierce, and they are wasting his talent. The Commanders' defense, while not world beaters, are good enough to get this win here. The pick is Washington. Let's go to the late games. Raiders are 2-7, and seven, and they're taking on the 3-6 and six Broncos at Empower Field in Mile High in Denver. 4-5 kickoff on Fox. The Broncos are 2.5-point favorites. Last week, the Raiders lost to the Colts 25-20, while the Broncos lost to the Titans 17-10. The Broncos are a mess. Offensively, they have no clue. Defensively, they're worn out from having been on the field for so long. But they have Tonic and the Raiders, who are an absolute mess. With the weepy uh, Derek Carr on, on, on Front Street, worrying that he's probably going to end up losing his job to C.J. Stroud. This team is an absolute mess. The Broncos aren't much better, but I think at home they should carry the day. The pick here is Denver. Two of the marquee late games are on tap here. First one is the 6-3 Cowboys taking on the 8-1 Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. Minneapolis, 425 kickoff on CBS. Note the network. That is correct. It is on CBS. Cowboys are favored by a single point. Last week, Cowboys defeated the Packers 21, big part, 31-28 in overtime, while the Vikings defeated the Bills 33-30. That game also was in overtime. Now, somebody please explain to me why the Cowboys are favored on the road after a loss to a Wobegum Packers team, while the Bills took out one of the AFC's best in overtime on the road. Can you make it make sense? Please explain it to me. I still don't think that Prescott is fully recovered from his injury, and I think the offense is playing inconsistent because of it. The Vikings, on the other hand, have Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, great new tight end TJ Hawkinson, and of course the redoubtable old pro and Adam Thielen on the offensive side. Defense can be skittish at times, but they have a bend but don't break mentality. They have won seven straight games by one score or less. Which do you think is going to really pull out the rule of the day at home? And who do you think I'm going to pick? The pick is Minnesota. Next on the docket, we have five and four Bengals taking on three and six Steelers at a Creasier Stadium in Pittsburgh. 4:25 game on CBS. This game was flexed from primetime. Bengals are three and a half point favorites. Last week, the Bengals won their bye while the Steelers defeated the Saints 20-10. The Bengals looked horrible in the first week against the Steelers. The Steelers are not that good, though Joe Burrow made them look good by throwing a bushel of interceptions. That being said, the Bengals have circled this day on this calendar and wanted to be on primetime TV so they could deliver a first-class ass-kicking. Now, most of the country, Hood would accept it, is going to be watching the Cowboys-Vikings game. 
But I unfortunately am in the area that the Cal that the Bengals and Steelers will be uh, showing. Very tiny part of the country will watch the Bengals kick the Steelers' ass. The uh, Bur uh, Burrow and the Bengals have been aching for this this uh, rematch for quite a while. They're the better team. Cincinnati's the lock of the week. Sunday night game is the 7-2 Chiefs at 5-4 Chargers. Game being played at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. 8-20 kickoff on NBC. The Chiefs are 5.5 point favorites. Last week, the Chiefs defeated the Jaguars 27-17, while the Chargers lost to the 49ers 22-16. Why did the Chargers get back-to-back -back primetime games? Oh, yeah, it's the benefit of facing Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs' offense can put up points. They look bored against the Jags, primarily because they weren't a quality team. Can they? Will they struggle to put up 27 this week? No. The Chargers defense is as a tendency to be leaky. Though they held the 49ers down a little bit, they won't do the same against Kansas City, even at home. The pick here is Kansas City. Finally, we have the Monday night game, 5-4 49ers taking on the 4-6 Cardinals. This game is being played at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. 8-15 kickoff on ESPN. 49ers are eight-point favorites. Last week, the 49ers defeated the Chargers 22-16, while the Cardinals defeated the Rams 27-17. This is the last of the year's international games, by the way, as the NFL heads south of the border to put on a stage in front of about 100,000 people in, in Aztec Stadium. English, Estadio Azteca, in Espanol. Doesn't matter because the Cardinals are a mess. Without Kyler Murray, even though they pulled the upset against the Rams, the order's a lot taller against the 49ers. The 49ers, despite a bunch of flaws, are a better team, and they will show it on a primetime audience. The pick here is San Francisco, and there you have it. Last week was 7-7, seven and seven, both in a lock and upset, un in un not uncorrect, Incorrect. I was so mad, couldn't even say it. Five and four on the locks and upsets. We will take a timeout. Only one of the show. Come back with Hoodwood Hot Five, Fat Dap, Head Slap, and the final word from the Wood. Sports from the Hoodwood runs down the home stretch after this. Is today your last day on Earth because you are being deployed to space tomorrow? Have you just turned 18 and you're ready to get out of your parents' house? Has your granddaughter gotten her boyfriend pregnant? Whatever your reason, you need us at GottaGetMarriedNow.com. We specialize in last-minute weddings. Active duty, military veterans and retired discounts are available. Visit us at GottaGetMarriedNow.com. Sports from the Hoodwood. The 
the internet's foremost location for the most honest insight, thorough analysis, and unfiltered opinion on the world of sports. Now, once again, here's the man of the hour, After Hours, your host, KJ Green. Running third, headed for home here in the Hoodwood. Like I said, we're going to keep it quick this week. And so we're going to get the Hoodwood Hot 5, that dab head slap, and the final word for the wood. The Hoodwood Hot 5, uh, no big shakeup except with number five. Now, the rankings have Tennessee as the number five team in the college football playoff poll. But I'm not putting two teams from the same conference. Well, no, I could do that. <laughs> I was going to say can't you have two teams from the same conference, but since Ohio State and Michigan are both in there, spoiler alert, we will have two teams. In, no, I can't do it. I won't do it. No, I will not reward two teams in the same division and put them in there when they're when you know Tennessee has no shot at getting to the college football playoff. So, the number five team is Southern Cal. Why Southern Cal? Because they demolished Colorado 55-17, and I think they're the best of the one-loss teams. They replace Oregon, who shamed themselves against Washington and have no shot at winning the Pac-12. Number four is Texas Christian. Now, they eat by Texas 17-10 last week, but they are one of four undefeated teams in the country, and until they get beat, they will remain in the Hoodwood Hot Five. The number three team, the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, they pace in Nebraska, but everybody paced Nebraska. Nobody's afraid of Nebraska anymore. They now have a, a pretty strong test ahead of them against Illinois. Should they beat them? Guess who's next? Uh, that would be the number two team, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They pasted Indiana 56-14 which was no real big surprise. Michigan and Ohio State will play an elimination game here on the uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving. So one of these two teams is not going to make the college football playoff. One of these two teams is not going to make the Big Ten championship. Whoever loses this game is going to be out of the hood with high five as well. So which leads to the number one team, and that's Georgia. Yeah, I know. They slapped around Mississippi State. They have a cookie team right before their uh, state showdown with, with Georgia Tech. They're going to Atlanta. That's never been a question. They've already clinched SEC East. That, again, has never not been a question. They're the number one team until they get beat. And if the undefeated teams get beat, they'll get bounced from the hood with high five. That's my high five. What's yours? Our Fat Dap Head Slap of the Week is, uh, the Fat Dap is a pretty poignant one. Uh, the Fat Dap is going out to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, I give that to an entire entity for one reason. They are putting uh, memorial stickers on all the team's helmets this week in uh, response to the absolute tragic shooting at the University of Virginia where a former football player opened fire on a returning tour bus that was coming back from a field trip in Washington, D.C. The shooter killed three uh, members of the University of uh, Virginia football team, wounded a fourth, and killed another student. Now, this reprehensible act 
has been uh, the shooter has been brought to justice and will face his crimes as he should. The ACC, uh, closing ranks behind one of its uh, own grieving, has decided to put a memorial sticker on all of their team's helmets in remembrance of the ones that were lost. Snuffy puts it so eloquently, Hoodwood's praying for UVA, y'all stay strong. That's the fat dap of the week. The head slap of the week goes to Mark Davis of the Las Vegas Raiders, who vociferously defends his coach, Josh McDaniel. Now, we all know that I'm not a Josh McDaniel fan, but Mark Davis has given him the stamp of approval, saying that even though the team is 2-7 and that David Carr, yeah, I beg your pardon, I said David Carr, no, that was his brother, Derek Carr, is standing on the podium crying because his team lacks leadership, lacks focus, and are getting beat by teams that they have no business losing to. But Mark Davis is staying the course. He's going to be that great owner that he wishes he was. <sighs> Head slap to Mark Davis of the Las Vegas Raiders, who just really does not have a clue. Now, without much further ado, let's go to the final word from the wood. It's a topic that really keeps on giving. Now, I have spoken about Nets guard Kyrie Irving for this will be the third time. And it isn't about what he's done or what he said that's been beaten to death at infinitum. It's about what next. What is going to be the next move for Kyrie Irving? Yes, the Nets suspended him for five games for conduct detrimental, but I think that was more of a, a reactionary move to based on the outcry to the things that he has said. But the problem is now Kyrie Irving is basically feline and non grata, cat not welcome. He has more or less worn out his welcome in Brooklyn and needs to go somewhere else. But where? The Nets, who are on the hook for over $30 million for Kyrie Irving this season, have basically the year to figure out where to send him, else he walks as a free agent. And then you have absolutely no value for him. But who do you trade him to? What team is going to sign up for this circus? What team is going to sign up for this mess? The Lakers? You think that shit show isn't already enough crazy? You put Kyrie Irving in the mix, especially given his history with LeBron James. And we're not even going to talk about the sizable Jewish community in Los Angeles that would have an absolute outrage and outcry for picking up Kyrie Irving. So who does he go to? What team is going to sign up for this madness? What team is going to justify bring in Kyrie Irving with all his talents, but all his baggage. This is a cat that insists on being right. He still doesn't think he's done anything wrong. The way he has comp com uh, comported himself leads me to believe that he has absolutely no regrets of what he said, that this is just the cost of doing business, even though he's lost a number of personal service contracts. What's the next move for Kyrie? What's the next move for Brooklyn? This is going to be one of the weirdest 
trading deadline acquisitions. Who would take this this player and all of his baggage? What team could survive the heat of taking a player like Kyrie Irving with all the baggage that he carries? That will be the question that will linger all the way to the trade deadline, if not beyond. And if he stays in Brooklyn, till the end of the season, then what does the what do the Nets do? And what do Ky, what does Kyrie Irving do? Those are going to be the million, or I should say, multi-million dollar questions. And that is the final word from the wood. Now with the music coming up in the background, you know that means that your time in the Hoodwood, albeit brief, is just about done. And I thank you so much for your visit this week. Now, the show's email is kjgreen at sportsfromthehoodwood.com. Please note the address change. Send me emails regarding show topics, questions, comments. But on the show, both praise and criticism, I welcome your correspondence. I'll try to get back to you as quickly as possible. Now, the show's website is sportsfromthehoodwood.com. My back catalog of all of my shows, all the audio and video versions. You can check those out. You can also catch the podcast on video on YouTube. A link to the podcast is also on the Facebook and Twitter feeds. I also have a new Twitter feed, which is Hoodwood Sports, at Hoodwood Sports. Send me a tweet. I'll tweet you back. Now, the audio version is on Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iMusic, and a host of other fine podcast platforms and providers. If Hoodwood is not on your favorite provider, Drop me a line, I'll do what I can to get it done. Special thanks as always, Rage Pictures, providing production to the show. And that's it from the Hoodwood. It's been a quick one. I'm glad you stopped through. Until next time, fellow sports fans, I'm KJ. Wait a minute. Before I let you go, one quick program note. Next week will be a double show. Half of the show will be after picks. The other half of the show will be the other half of the picks. I'll have takes on both the first and the second show. So Tuesday, the early picks and the Thanksgiving and the early picks with some takes. And then Friday, we'll have the rest of the picks with more takes. Good with Hot 5, Back Gap Hits Lap, and the other stuff that you like. So, until next time, next Tuesday, fellow sports fans, I'm KJ Green. Sports from the Hoodwood is a Black Bandit Productions and Enterprises presentation of a 551 Audio and Films production.